Welcome back to Connor, who flew in from Regina. That's why this episode is coming out late. Connor stayed up. What was it you texted me? 36 consecutive hours. I don't know. It wasn't consecutive, but I was up for a long time. It was a, it was a long day. I think I got up just like excitement and nerves and stuff. I think I got up probably around like 7, 7.30 on, on Grey Cup Day. And then, uh, yeah, we, we finished up. We finished up late just like doing some just like getting everything out not late but like late and then my flight was for six o'clock in the morning so i had to be there for like almost four so by the time like i got back to the hotel and stuff i was like i don't know like i guess i'll just like i feel like it almost would have been worse if i went to bed yeah so i was like i'll just stay up and then um yeah so i got it i caught a couple hours on the flight i was in the middle seat which is not ideal for sleeping window seat for sleeping hands down and then, yeah, I was like, oh, like, I thought I felt kind of energized through the day. So I was like, I'll just like stay up through the day. I probably should have tried to nap or something because <laughs> I was out. I didn't, I didn't even catch a second of the Monday night game. I tried to stay up for kickoff. Gone. You didn't see, you didn't see uh, George Kittle's big touchdowns? No, I did not. Oh. He had three. Did he had three. Two, 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 two. Two for IU, two for Kittle. I saw IU absolutely throw a laser beam right into somebody's midsection. <laughs> the camera maybe maybe a little lower than the midsection, <laughs> but they all went over and helped him up. Uh, but yeah, no, great cup, Connor. Let's let's start there because I know there's other stuff people are waiting on us to get to, uh, mainly the revenge tour. But we'll pause uh, and go to the great cup because that was fantastic. Oh my gosh, dude, that was yeah, that was a great game. Twenty four, twenty three. Couldn't have asked for like. Every I, I did see some stuff on like social media and whatever, and it was like, oh, it was kind of a kind of a down. It was I wouldn't say it was like a slow first half. It was defensive. It was like good defensive football. Yeah, but and that's then the second half. Like no, I and it's the same thing as like the Pats like nine three Super Bowl, right? But yeah, again, it was a great defensive game. But yes, no, the second half, the afterburners kicked in. I think they were all just like jazzed up after Sweet Caroline in the crowd. That was electrifying. <laughs> uh halftime show sounded all right i know you're not a big country music fan, yeah i'm but... not i'm not a huge country music fan but i can appreciate the musicianship like there's some some really good musicianship going on in that halftime show um, uh they also built it on top of pill country i was like that is yeah crazy. that was really that cool. was cool yeah um uh the kickoff show was actually really good too they got valley rocking yeah. the rocking the place they were good too my my younger brother actually shout out to my brother in the astros but i was talking to him about uh the kickoff show and he was like, yeah, no, like I knew who Valley was going into it. So like even him, like I'll be honest, he's not a huge football fan, but he tuned in to to check that out too. So yeah, but, but uh, yeah, having the stage up on Pale Country was so cool. Uh, I like what they did as well with the Pale Country. They put the CFL, uh, the Grey Cup logo. Yeah. Up on yeah, it. that was, was pretty cool. cool. Yeah. Um, but I want to like talk about people tuning in. I saw somewhere that it was 3.2 million viewers. Yeah. 3.1 or 3.2 I think it was like yeah something like that Eat that NHL screw <laughs> you hockey uh <laughs> Connor and I do not like hockey and I I don't know if you guys know this it's uh <laughs> oh yeah I mean it's not I will say like I you guess played. you can say this I played yeah I played played high level for a long time um yeah but like I will say I like watching like 
the world juniors and stuff <laughs> i do like watching that type of hockey but man like a bad hockey game you can say for any sport if that you don't like but for me like there's nothing worse than a bad hockey game like just a zero zero all the way through that's just <laughs> difficult to watch for me um but the game itself i mean nick hallett robbie smith uh both with what we thought were game-winning blocks at the time yeah uh, that that was huge denary grant had a big return touchdown javon uh, league almost capped one afterwards longest the denary grant one's longest in gray cup history yeah, uh, I thought Javon Leakes was a fantastic return, but obviously he got... Did you see the block that he got to spring him, though? Yeah, from... Wow. Montreal Carabane, Benoit Marion. Uh, and was he was walking up barefoot before the game, too. Well, you know, he's from he's from the hill. I will say uh, it was a really nice day out. It was a nice day in Saskatchewan <laughs> for it. Uh, but with the, with the Marion run by, teach tape... Teach tape, teach tape. Oh, I'm that not was... talking. You got to go back and watch. I'm not talking about the Marion. Uh, that was what. That was a smart play. So I'll, I'll wait. I'll go back. Yeah, you finish sprang, about that. It sprang the punt return. Yeah. He, he came by, did the run through, ripped the arm up, and then hit the back. It was absolutely perfect. And Javon Leak saw saw him come through. And was like, oh, there's my crease. There's my hole. And just beat it down the line. That is textbook how to avoid a penalty on special teams. But I'm talking, there's a there's a block even before that. So go back and watch the return. He got a block. I don't know who, but somebody came in and cleaned someone. Oh. <laughs> um, can we talk about the uh the running back room for the Argos? So Javon Leak, big in the return game, Andrew Harris rumbling all game long, and AJ Olette. With two touchdowns. I thought he was actually going to win play of the game. And then yeah. when Robbie Smith uh, when Robbie Smith blocked the kick, I was like, okay, Robbie Smith most of standing Canadian. Because he had been a force in the backfield all day. Yeah. Uh, but Enoch Mwamba, right? Like, I was very happy when they said Enoch. I didn't think he would get it for both. Well, he had um, he had a couple, like, that pick obviously was momentum shifting. And then, yeah, well, then the pass deflection was, yeah, he redeemed himself, though. Yes. But, uh, but I think no, he, played yeah. a, he played a really good game. They, they yeah. couldn't get anything going on the ground for Winnipeg, and he's a big reason for that. Um, I mean, Andrew Harris, like, cool, cool side note. Only two, their teammates now, only two in CFL history to win most, or sorry, MVP and MVC. Nice. Yeah. I saw the photo of him yesterday at the Leafs game with the cup. How hard of a hangover was he fighting from that breakfast photo with the two trophies? Man, so I would, if I won the Grey Cup too, <laughs> kidding me? He is fighting it. He's probably having the rest of his life right now. <laughs> this, yeah, I'd be sleeping. I'd be but, sleeping. Uh, so congratulations to the Argos. Hell yeah. Uh, very, very exciting. Chad Kelly is now to me the biggest question of the off season. He is going to be, he is, he's exciting, man. What does Macbeth do? Cause I heard some things about retirement possibly. Uh, I mean, he just led the league in passing. Do you really just say like, ah, no, but Chad Cowley provided a great spark whenever uh, MBT hurt his hand. It looked like his thumb was bothering him. Um, couldn't really get a grip on the ball from what I saw. I don't know. You were there, but uh, <laughs> so Congratulations, Argos. Hopefully the uh, celebration is fantastic. Uh, you've had now more in my lifetime than I think any other Toronto sports team has combined. Uh, so congratulations. 
Just the Raps, not the Leafs. Well, Raps. The Raps. Sorry, the Raps are the Raps only other team one. I think to win one. Uh, I think the well, technically the Jays, the Jays. in '97 because that would have been like right when I was born. So yeah, that's one. That's so that's two. That's two for me. Yeah, and the Argos are about like four, three or yeah. four, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. <clears throat> there is World Cup action going on. Uh, my TSN stream, my lovely TSN stream will not work on my Xbox. So I have to either use my laptop or not watch it at all. Makes it very interesting while I'm trying to do schoolwork. Uh, if you want to go and gamble, Jake and Hustle Rama, Andrew, uh, are in Doha. They're there. They are gambling on the spot from Qatar. They have boosted odds all damn week, all damn month as this goes on. Uh, so make sure to head to coolbet.ca, get in on the action from here in Canada. Stay tuned to their social media pages as well. Uh, there's going to be lots coming out from them. Yeah, what a what a experience, man! Talk about being in Regina, but how about getting to go to the World Cup in Qatar? Like <laughs> or Qatar, sorry, man. I like again, like just like hockey. Like I'm not a huge soccer fan, but like it's tough not to watch right now. And just getting to be in those environments has got to be incredible for those two guys. Yeah, I mean, even like imagine this morning being there when Argentina lost to Saudi Arabia. Like, who would have thought that that would happen? Yeah. Uh, poor Messi, man. He scores the only goal for his team. It's just like, yeah, no thanks. Um, two two goals later on, he scored in the tenth minute. Uh, so definitely get in on the action. Canada kicks off on Wednesday uh, against Belgium. Let's talk about our football here at. The university level. Saskatchewan St. Effects, Connor. Right you have side. the biggest smile on your face. I know you want to get to Laval so bad. <laughs> Let's start with Saskatchewan and St. Effects. They played first. Let's give them their time. Uh, did you get to watch the game at all? I did. Yeah, yeah. I got to watch. Uh, I was kind of in and out of the game, but I got to watch, you know, probably most of it. Um Man, shout out to X. They were running with with Saskatchewan in, early in the game. I think they obviously part not. of that. <laughs> uh, they were man. They were they were playing good ball. They were forcing turnovers, but I think part of that is the long trip, the jet lag for Saskatchewan a little bit, and maybe a little bit of the fact like I saw some not some not current players, but I saw former players, you know, tweeting or not tweeting things out and storing things like you know bye week, bye week, bye week. So maybe there was a little bit of oh we we got this one, and X was like. Hold up. We're going to make this one tough a little bit. No, early you know what the in the hell game. It was. Early you know what the, the hell game. it was, Connor? It was the X five, playing good. It was the five effing fumbles. Yeah. And part they, of that. Half of them were not forced by X. They were just dropped by the But you, That can't happen. And I'm no, not saying they forced it, but I'm not, saying X is capitalizing on those opportunities. They recovered two of the five, but they still lost yardage or stalled the play. Um, to me, it was just shooting yourself in the foot time after time yep. again uh and whenever it, like x got down to the goal line and kabongo fumbled it yeah i was like seriously sask got down to the goal line i i had texted uh i don't know i think i texted you game over when he capped the long run and put them at the one yeah yeah and then he fumbled in the end zone and i was like oh here we go like but it, it i think you're right though it would have been game over at that point but yeah it again still was game over yeah from that moment on, Connor, X punted, 
uh, solely tied it up to the half instead of going in front. Then they came back from the third, and it was just Saskatchewan, punt, punt. Okay, touchdown. We're back in this. And then uh, X just couldn't continuously keep up with the run game. Uh, but I want to say, like, on the on the uh, Mason Nias piece here, 30-38, 3-27, two touchdowns. Riker Frank, 134 and a touchdown. Uh, Connor, like I said earlier in the week, the offensive line would slowly grind down this team. And sure, the runs weren't coming early on, but towards the end of the game, you had Riker Frank up around seven yards per carry and Ted Cabongo at eight. It, it, just, it just wore X down. And while X was really competitive on offense with Salas Fagnon just being as elusive as he is, you can't, you can't win games against really good teams on just hoping that someone scrambles and make a play. No, no, you can't. I agree with that. Like that, that's kind of what it came down to for me was, you know, you're right late in the game. X couldn't really string together these drives. And I think Sass did a really good job of saying, and I think like the whole, it's different. And again, like this is going to sound bad. It's different in the conference, like the AUS where they don't necessarily have the depth and the athletes to, you know, keep up with just a Malcolm Bussey. Malcolm Bussey is good enough that he can run through the AUS, but then when you play these teams like Saskatchewan that are sending three, four, five, six guys to the CFL per draft class, it gets a lot tougher to play against some of these, you know, top-tier programs. And I think we need to start building up the AUS. So it's a different issue well, for a different time. But, like, it's tough when you play a team like Sask that dominates their conference, that goes to the Vanier Cup last year, that runs through a team like Montreal as well. And I know we can't look back on we can't compare last year to this year, but I think those experiences definitely help. But yeah, I mean, X just Sass did a really good job of taking away Malcolm Bussey, forcing X to play left-handed. But um, again, but when you only have one X, or two, like I thought the receivers that were lining up against, I said, this, this is going to sound even worse. Catley Joseph just played the worst game of his probably career. Yeah. X receivers were just lining up on him and saying, <laughs> yeah, I'm faster. Uh, see you later. And they're just running, essentially run and shoot, right? Yeah. Bussy, bussy. Okay, maybe Fagnon takes a carry. Uh, okay, shot over the top. If we get these receivers in space and just work into a quick game, like Zachary Kareem had two catches, uh, one for 34, and the other for, uh, what would that be, seven then? Uh, yeah. But lots of shots over the top. Uh 20 yard average for Hood as he went. But Connor Ross saw the majority of targets. And Connor Ross is a great utility weapon. Good receiver. Good receiver. But Don't get me wrong at all. Connor, he's a fullback slash tight end. Yeah. He's not your number one receiver. And nor should he be in a game like this. No, you you need him to step up. It's great when he contributes, but that can't be your top option. Um I, I thought he played a very good game, but uh, in the end, it ended up being guys like Daniel Weeb who just caught underneath passes. And a lot of Mason Nice's yards were just like, oh, here you go. <laughs> guys, can you, let's make some plays. We are, we are way faster than this uh, defense. And that's what it came down to. Perry, Weeb, Morin, Favre, uh, well, and all the, of them. The th- yeah. The thing that I really like that Sachs did in this game too is, you know, they didn't feel like they had to – 
you know, throw the ball deep, launch the ball downfield. Like Mason Ice is so good at these intermediate to short yardage passing routes, and they do such a good job of, you know, scheming these receivers open. Even if the ball is traveling, you know, 20 yards wide, three yards long, their playmakers are getting in space. They're scheming plays up for, you know, a Daniel Weeb to average 20 yards a catch and, you know, have I, a, a bunch of yak yards or like a Daniel Perry to spot up and replace a blitzing backer. Like, I think that that comes to John Speck's scheme, uh, scheme though, like yeah. with X, because he, he kind of set off the hop. He, like they started out, I think their first two drives, they were in a 30 personnel. And they're like, yeah, you know what? Try us. Like, we're just going to sit back. We're not letting you take those deep shots. And they really eliminated it. And eventually, Sask just said, okay, if that's what you're going to take away, then we're going we're gonna to make plays underneath. And uh, there's a lot of downfield receivers blocking, which always helps. Uh, but this Sask team is going back to the Vanier Cup after losing last year at Laval against Western Connor. This year, they are going to Western to play Laval. Kevin Mittal said they're packing for 10 days, and for 10 days, they will stay. Uh, okay. First of all, how badly were they missing Cyril Hogan saying Dong yet on Saturday? Oh, my <laughs> word. If there's ever a so, guy you wish could come back. So we have, we have a stretch of plays here. Three concept or three out of four plays on offense were over the head of Arno. The one just like hit him in the face. He wasn't even calling for it, and the center just whoosh, whipped it back. The yeah. next two were just soared over his head, uh, and that spotted Western with a really nice seventeen-point lead. Uh, Connor, Savon Magna Jones early touchdown. Next yeah. play from scrimmage, it was a fumble, which resulted in like them going backwards. They had to punt, short field, Brian Garrity kick. Next play on offense, it <laughs> goes over his head, fumble recovery uh, for Bowers Kane. And like I texted uh, a friend, not you, because I knew you were going to be busy. Uh, I texted a friend at that moment when it was 17 nothing, and said, God, Laval is such a better team than Western. Yeah. But you they just tell. same thing as Sask. They shot themselves in the foot. Actually, identical. Five fumbles, two lost. <laughs> same stat as uh, as Saskatchewan, uh, and it really put them in a hole where X couldn't convert yeah. on the fumbles. Western did and gave them that lead. And from there on, it was just okay. Balanced attack. We're going to run the ball down your throat. We're going to take our shots with Desjardins when we need to. And <laughs> David Dallaire is, he's fantastic. Is he ever? My favorite thing I think about Laval in this game, it was 17 to four until midway through the third quarter in this one. They never wavered. Not once. I think I texted you when, Glenn Constantine was laughing and smiling on the uh, like on on broadcast. Like that to me was the most intimidating point in the game. They were down, and Glenn Constantine was laughing. Connor, I have decided 
Laval wins this weekend. I'm getting a nice old Rouge or hoodie, and I'm probably going to ask you to help me screen print my uh, my Glenn Constantine uh, with the glasses <laughs> on the back. T-shirt. No, 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 just on, on a t-shirt. T-shirt. Separate, separate piece of clothing. Um, yeah, because I like I rode this train all, all year. year long, and I said to you when we made our picks earlier in the week, I was like, I have to, I have to go with Laval, even if a part of me was saying you know what, this could go Western's way. I had to rock with Laval. I took it them on was, the... And it was going Western's way. I, I, put, I took them on the point spread. Connor, you know how hard I was sweating on my CFP parlay this weekend? Okay, so we took the over for Saskatchewan. They hit it with like three minutes left in the game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I wiped the brow. Okay, I went out, shoveled. I come back in and it's 7 nothing. I'm like, oh. God damn. Okay. <laughs> uh, and then it goes to 17 nothing. And I'm like, yeah, no, that's not plus 12. Uh, we're not looking so hot. And they come back and I'm like, oh my God. But uh, Glenn Constantine, I tweeted this out Masterclass and special teams. Two yeah. blocked field goals. Uh, the fake field goal itself with David Delaire to get them to the one. If that had scored, that would have been, it already was the ultimate suck. Like, if we're talking boxing terms, Connor, that was a, a shot to the ribs where you're just like keeling over in your corner after the round yeah. because you can't score after they block, block, block field goals. And then <clears throat> you're at the half and you're like, okay, they have all the momentum. Yeah. And they come out and they hit a, you get a stop. You're like, okay, sevens to three is perfect. Nope. David Delaire to the one. If he had got or two, I guess, if he had hit that as a touchdown, yeah. Oh my God, that would have it would have fallen apart. Yeah. I know he scored like the next player two plays later. Yeah. But that that was to me like the sucker punch. Glenn just said, "Yeah, we're going for this kill shot." Yeah. A kill shot down thirteen points. Yeah. Unreal. And, like it was. Yeah. David Delaire had a damn game, man. Like two touchdowns. That that deep shot over the middle. I want to talk about Laval's defense too because I think they played. A hell of a second half. A hell of a second half. Like when when Laval's defense needed them to step up the most, they were coming through. And yeah, sure, like you look at the box score and Keon Edwards had, you know, 127 yards, but he had 26 carries and he averaged, you know, 4.9, five yards, five yards a carry, no touchdowns. His longest run of the day was 13 yards when he scored, what, a north of 40 yarder against Queens in the eights? Uh-huh. Like hell of a hell of a second half from the Laval defense. Um, one more note on the Laval offense. Kalenga Muganda, 173 yards on the day. And this Connor, this to me was like you talk about Glenn Constantine laughing. They were down, and it wasn't like, oh crap, we need to abandon everything we know and swing for the fences here to get back in the game. It was it's the first quarter. We've got a lot of time to score 17 points. And they just consistently kept at the run game, kept hammering away. And sure enough, he had an angry run. I, I sent, I, I kind of like took a video on my TV to send it to you in case you missed it. Um, but I was like, oh my God, he stiff armed someone into next week uh, while they were down. Like to me, they, they just had this, we don't care if we're down. We're still going to beat the hell out of you mentality and they controlled the pace of game through and through yeah 
Yeah, Laval, Laval did everything to win that game. And I know they were down in that 17-point hole, but they did everything they could to get themselves out. Like we said, they never, never wavered. They were laughing. They never wavered. So hats off to Laval. Hats off to you for calling this all year long. I got to imagine you're rocking. I mean, we're, we're going to save this for a little bit later in the week, but I got to imagine that you're absolutely rocking with Laval and the Vanier. Oh, my God. I <laughs> I am through and through. Did you see what Catley Joseph was giving up last week? Yes. Yeah, in comes Kevin Mittal. What's, what's he going to do to Kevin Mittal? Sports right now. Yeah. Mittal, I think like, I, he had a frustrating game because <laughs> yeah. he made a big play and then he, he flipped the ball at the DB. <laughs> I was so mad, man. I texted I was, you. I was so mad about that. I was laughing my ass off we say it. we say it. some swear words that's okay i was <laughs> laughing my ass off at it because it was like okay we are taking it to you guys you guys can't cover me and he just let the db know and credit like it was absolutely the wrong decision but in the mindset of we don't care we are beating the hell out of you i was like yeah that fits that fits today um course you don't it ended up forcing them to take a field goal where they probably could have scored a touchdown um yeah and maybe push the game a bit but i think you texted uh, me you're like oh like they got it back in one play and i was like yeah but they could be like positive 20 <laughs> yards now instead of making up their damn yardage back very but true i got uh, one more bone to pick in this game yeah one more evan hillock at the end of the game desperation mode there's like I know he's a young kid and it's, you know, it's, it feels weird for me to sit here as like pick at this specific play and what was other otherwise a tremendous season, but like ran out of bounds in desperation mode. Like there's so many other things that could have, that you could have done. Uh, we were talking to talking about it off air a little bit aside from running out of bounds. And I know you, you're, he was thinking like, Oh, I probably got one second left, but a some clock management, you're playing like a veteran. You got to show that veteran clock management, that veteran knowing the situations. B, this is Canadian football, and you made this point to me off air. Take the yards, get down. The clock is going to stop. Like and, you have that final play. If you're down before the zero, yeah. you have it regardless. For those in America, it would be like <clears throat> if if I get down inbounds, uh, like as the clock is ticking down. They don't blow it at the zeros. You get a final play on zeros. Yeah. So yeah. you can you save that extra. Like you get an extra play. This makes it more interesting uh, yeah. for American followers if they are unfamiliar with the timing rule. But glad you jumped in on that. Um, but yes, and like I don't know, he ran he ran to the wide side, right? Yeah. He had well, no. I, he had to go. To I the know, and I know your scramble rules dictate that, but. It was easier for him to throw to the right side. Yes. There was more space to the right side, like away from defenders in the pocket. Um, my my thing with that, it, I have no issue with the wide side. Like that's the design. That's that's where you're going. That's the scheme of the play. Do not take it all the way to the boundary. Like if you know at that point you got nothing. Yeah, 12, uh, 12 yard rush on second and seven. Uh, tough to see, but uh, did you see the amount of hate Evan Hillock was getting? online in this game there's no reason there's yeah i did and i was not not too pleased with it 
This no. is a kid that went 18 and 0 as a starter. 18 and 0. He made a few bad decisions. Sure, he probably didn't. This was probably his worst game of the year, and he still went 17 of what? 17 of 30 some 17 of 31 for 150 and a touchdown. 189 and a touchdown officially. So um, but, Bob, everybody needs to stop about that. I think I think that people were complaining like, oh, he missed a lot of throws. It's pretty easy when you don't have your running game. Keon Edwards still had buck 27, man. 30 like, yards. Like, and Evan Hillock was the one early on that took the shot play to Savon Magnet Jones. And yeah, you know what? In 35 kilometer an hour wind, you're going to have some missed passes. Uh, don't forget last week in the Yates, Evan Hillock was slinging the rock around two of their biggest touchdowns came on his arm in yeah. the damn snow and cold and rain and wind and everything like <laughs> to me the slander on evan hillock i was like you know what just wait yeah just everybody wait. needs to relax the man led the oua in passing touchdowns he was the most efficient quarterback in the country uh he didn't even turn the ball over here against no wow. That's what uh, I was going to say. Like, his decision-making in this game was still good. Things yeah. just weren't working, and that's football. And some days some days it goes, some days it doesn't go. I mean, our no Desjardins wasn't going early. The fumbles, the the great play by Von Muldorfer, but the interception, like, that's not even a bad read. That's just he got a hand up, and then it careened off two helmets, and he fell. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Thanks. I got the ball back. Yeah, uh, like, like, that wasn't even a bad decision. It was just like a fluky play. Yeah. It wasn't going his way. And they ended up had a, having some big shots, some great help in the run game, uh, just like Evan Hillock. But and I would I would say with Evan Hillock, too, like most of the shots or home run type plays that he was asked to complete, he hit them. Yeah, and like the when you when you have 31 attempts in a game, a lot of that's at the end. It's tough. Everyone knows you're passing. When you're Everyone down knows. and trying to win the game, the ball is going in the air. You're like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's still a lot of teams that would be very successful and happy if Evan Hillock came to them. So I don't want to see any slander on this man. For, None. Oh, well, you just hand the ball off game manager. No, no, no. He's a damn gunslinger. He probably has, now that Tanner's graduated, I think it's safe to say that Evan Hillock has the strongest arm in the conference. Yeah, man, the zip he puts on those balls. Go back and watch the rope he threw to Seth Robinson in the Yates Cup in the snow. In Um, the snow. But Western's out. Uh, How ironic is it, Connor, that Laval, when they hosted the Vanier two years in a row, were unable to reach the Vanier. And now Western, when they host the Vanier in the first year, is unable to reach the Vanier. Uh, but Laval takes their place. Like, they won the last one at Laval, and now Laval has a chance to win the one at London. I, I, I think that's just kind of poetic justice, I guess. I don't know. Um, it, it would have been cool to see Western go for it, but I, I like the change and the fact that we can see some parity amongst the conferences. Uh, each year in and out yeah i mean it's like can west beat okay so back to 2019 can west beat mac right so there's can west beating the oua montreal barely beat acadia in that year if you remember uh that was like a halftime quarterback switch and then mark uh, antoine de made a play and then can west beat 
Montreal in the Vanier. Last yep. year, Can West beat RSEC again, and OUA beat uh, AUS, and then OUA beat Can West. Yeah. And we're coming full circle here, and now Can West has beaten the OUA, and they get a chance to redeem the last two years where they've lost to Can West. Yeah. I just, the AUS has been there. I, I, I hate leaving them out in this like cyclical nature of U sports, but they've tough. had, it's like really close year, really bad year, really close year. And then it falls apart next year. I don't know what we see. Uh, where, where does X go from this? Maybe like, our bishops a, rise. Is it a bonus that they played them close or is it a, like a, we lost again. We, we, we fell apart and lost again. And I, I think Gary Waterman is the right coach to get them yeah. through this. Uh, obviously, they're not going to get rid of him. Uh, <laughs> the guy's unreal. But in terms of like pulling a group together to say, like, we're this close, this damn close to a yeah. Vanier Cup, I, I think he is going to rally this team. And I think actually be great next year but mm. it'll just be a, a change in the program yeah I, I think so too i think it'll be a positive change and the other thing that i think you know at mm. least getting into these games and playing them competitively like it's so huge for recruiting because then a young kid who's you know maybe the number whatever ranked recruit in the country will look at x and go i can go to x have a really cool experience in nova scotia start and day one start day one and play on a damn competitive football team like let's let's talk about Evan Hillock in that sense because he was the top quarterback in his class, and at STM, and he chose to go to Western. And they're like, "Yeah, we're starting Jackson White over you. You're gonna have to wait your turn." Yeah, there was there was no guarantee where he probably could have gone to program X Y Z, and they would be like, "Oh, here's the keys. You know how to. Here's how you lock up the stadium when you're done. Like, yeah, have at it." And there's a lot of opportunities. There's some great players out at X, but there's a lot of veteran guys who are leaving the program uh, in this off season, like just guys that are aging out. And there's some opportunities for young players to go there. So we will campaign. They got new jerseys. They have a new locker room. X is, we can say, it's a party school for what it's worth. You get a good education, but it is. You do get a good education. It is through and through one of the best student experiences in Canada. And from a football perspective, you now have this, platform to say we're this close be a part of it i agree yeah i totally agree i think um same can be said for you know the positive outcome of hosting the touchdown atlantic game in acadia showed off the facilities showed off they have the infrastructure not to mention that they've been a really competitive program for the last couple of years i mean they were running the aus until you know a little bit recently right so they had that changeover as well so yeah uh with that being said my boy Glenn and the Rouge Or are going for it. It is time on Saturday, 1 p.m. Uh, Carl and I are in the middle of putting the fin- finishing touches on uh, our uh, maybe like Manning Cast, I'll call it. We got but, something uh, cooking. We got, we got something cooking. We might be cooking with it. So uh we'll see you guys there if it happens we'll see you guys later in the week as we tee up the game as well yep. uh head over to fox4shop.com to get the worldwide leader in whistle text and all of their merch coaching boards sweaters you name it they have it 
CFP15 gets you 15% off at checkout. Connor, any final comments, thoughts? Connor's wearing a uh, Turf Traditions Saskatchewan Rough Riders snapback right now. It looks very nice. I've been obsessed with that, like, CFL throwback stuff since it came out. So I saw them in the rider store when I was picking up my dad a great cup hat, and I was like, I got to do it. I got to do it. They're too cool. Uh, I'm going to try to get one. Like, my goal is to try to get one from, like, from every stadium, stadium. But I don't know if they'll they'll be in the stadium long enough for me to, to do that. They're pretty sweet. People are scooping them up. But uh, final thoughts? Yeah, the middle seat on plane sucks. <laughs> Final thoughts from me. Glenn, 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 <laughs> Glenn, 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 Glenn. Uh, we will see you guys later on in the week at Wade Zank, at Connor R. O'Neill, at CF Perspective. <laughs>